Have you ever wondered why certain gems cost more than others or what makes them different colors? Would you like to know more about diamonds and other gemstones and just general information about jewelry before even walking into a jewelry store? These are some of the topics I talk about here on Jewelry Navigator Podcast, featuring conversations with other gem and jewelry experts. I'm Brenna Pakes, and my love of gems and minerals led me to a degree in geology, then to the Gemological Institute of America, where I earned my graduate gemology diploma. From there, I've served independent jewelry stores as a staff gemologist and found that there were a lot of unanswered questions and felt like starting a podcast would be a great way to share these kind of answers in a fun, formative type of platform about gems and jewelry. Learning about gems and jewelry can really be addicting. So if you find yourself wanting to know more after this episode, be sure you're subscribed to Jewelry Navigator podcast on your favorite audio platform. And there you can find over a hundred different episodes of Jewelry Navigator podcast for jewelry insights featuring gemologists and industry specialists. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome aboard. Hi there, and welcome back to Jewelry Navigator Podcast. I'm really excited about today's podcast because it kind of feeds from the last podcast that I published, Do You Have a Jewelry Box Graveyard?, which kind of gets you thinking about the items that you do have in your jewelry box. And what I want you to take away from today's podcast is what do you have that you want to protect? My guest today is Vice President of Sales and Distribution for Jewelers Mutual, Mark Devereaux. He has kindly joined me today to help us have a better understanding of how jewelry insurance works and why it's so important, what you need before you get your jewelry insured, and whether or not your policy may or may not be protecting the full coverage of your jewelry and what you can do to protect it from loss, theft, or damage. And actually, he has kind of a funny story at the end about um, something that could happen to any of us where we just have a lapse of judgment and something goes missing. So please be sure to listen all the way through for that story. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And one more note... I chose to feature Jewelers Mutual because they do work with jewelers and they specifically and only work to insure jewelry. This is not an endorsement for Jewelers Mutual, but there's a lot of great information. And if you need more, please feel free to reach out to Jewelers Mutual at jewelersmutual.com. Well, thank you for taking time from your day and for working with me and all these little details to to get you on the podcast. Um, we had a nice starter conversation a couple of weeks ago, so it kind of gave you a lay of the land. And basically what I want to do is just share general, basic, helpful information with listeners and consumers about probably the first steps of getting their jewelry insured why they mm-hmm. need to get it insured and why Jewelers Mutual or a specific choice like Jewelers Mutual is better in terms of 
jewelry and that aspect of personal property um, protection, um, sure. why that specifically is is better than, um, say, more of a, and you can probably speak to this too, a lot of people include jewelry uh, insurance with their their homeowner's insurance or their renter's right. insurance. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. first I want to, I want to have a proper introduction and okay. um, just introduce yourself to Jewelry Navigator podcast audience, who you are, okay. And, okay. Um, how long you've been with Jewelers Mutual and what you like most about working with Jewelers Mutual and jewelry insurance. Sure. Sure. I'll be happy to do that. So mm-hmm. Brenna, Thanks a lot for having me today. Uh, my name is Mark Devereaux. I'm the Vice President of Sales and Distribution at Jewelers Mutual. Um, I've had the unbelievable pleasure of serving in this role for the last uh, almost eight years. Uh, next month, I think it is. Uh, time flies. Um, and uh, my role at Jewelers Mutual is uh, I basically manage all sales operations across the company. So whether it be our commercial lines products where we actually insure jewelers uh, all the way through jeweler solutions where we offer personal jewelry insurance to clients uh, as well as uh, warranties, care plans, uh, work with JM Shipping Solution, um, our appraisal solution, all kinds of different things at Jewelers Mutual that you can find at jewelersmutual.com. Okay, that's wonderful. And it's good for people to understand that there are basically two, you know, roads to this. You protect the jewelers and the companies and the stores and the inventory that they have. But yet you also offer solutions and products for the private consumer. So that's really nice to to know for everybody listening. Absolutely. And, you know, really uh, our company, Jewelers Mutual, got our start in 1913. So we've been around a long time. Uh, we actually were were discovered by some Wisconsin jewelers who got together to really protect their stores against uh, the major peril at the time, which was fire. And essentially what happened 60 years later, uh, those jewelers started saying, hey, Jewelers Mutual, I wish you could kind of create a personal jewelry insurance product or additional products that we could offer or extend to our clients. And so that's what mm-hmm. they, that's what we did. And, and that's when we first started creating those programs some 40 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's great. And how it grew to include everybody within that umbrella of, of jewelry service. Exactly. And, you know, if you think about uh, our track, uh, 1913, there was just a handful of those Wisconsin jewelers, but today we serve uh, well over 18,000 jewelers now in North America uh, in terms of insuring their stores or providing some level of service, additional service to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Because I know a lot of my audience, they they are people who work within the trade in different, different levels. So, mm-hmm. If they're not familiar with Jewelers Mutual Insurance and that kind of thing, that might be something great for them to to know about. Um, does it also serve, say, for instance, there's a vendor and they mm-hmm. go to the different shows. Do you have products mm-hmm. for them? Okay. We sure do. In fact, uh, again, that's really our core business. If you think of um, Jewelers Mutual, 
when I talk about that 1913 start date, that was really insurance that is designed to protect their stores, insurance to d- design to protect inventory when they travel with inventory, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be shows or to see a client or what have you. And it's really evolved to a, a very comprehensive coverage for not just retailers, but manufacturers, wholesalers, designers, really anybody that's associated in the business. And uh, that's really what Jewelers Mutual has has done. What we tried to do is create products and services that really, really are designed to serve those types of individuals and their mm-hmm. clients. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, well, now that everybody knows that you, you have, you know, that, that room of, of clients Mm -hmm. covered, let's talk about the private customers. So say for instance, a couple who just got engaged and they want to make sure that their, their ring is going to be, um, their rings are going to be covered from loss or theft or, or damage, um, Let's kind of break it down through the different options that a lot of people are more familiar with. Say, for instance, their homeowner's insurance and then um, renter's insurance and then talk about something very specific that Jewelers Mutual does. Happy to do that. So if you think about it, we start with that bridal customer. So often these are are young people. so often these are young people who are making a purchase that is uh, a very significant purchase in their lives. Um, if you think about particularly today with the cost of housing and everything else, um, so many of them are, are renters because they can't afford to get into a home. And, uh, you know, next to their car and what they pay for their rent, this is probably that next most valuable asset they have. So uh, historically, a lot of people said, ah, I don't need that insurance. But really, when you think about it, they really do need that insurance because the values that we're talking about relative to what they make and, and their earnings. So um, so really, the, the, the options that are available to someone like that is, sure, you can go to a renter's policy, but typically a renter's policy is going to have a very low limit. And that low limit sometimes can be as little as $500. And if you're looking at a $5,000 engagement ring, that's that's just a small, very small dent into that. In addition to that, if you do have a homeowner's policy, let's say you own your home or a condo policy, even in those cases, you're going to have a, you can schedule the item, but oftentimes with that schedule, it's a, um, it's a policy where if you do have a loss, that company requires you to use their replacement services um, or or will or, or if you want to have the item replaced. Or it could be that there is a limit on that policy of some sort. Mm-hmm. The, the benefit of having a specific jewelry policy, which is a standalone jewelry policy, is you're typically dealing with a carrier that that's all they do. Mm-hmm. And when that specific jewelry policy is engaged, it's usually a, a policy that uh, will compensate in, in dollars. So if it's a $5,000 ring, you would have insurance up to $5,000. Or like in Jewelers Mutual's case, we're a replacement policy. And our, our, our replacement policy is intended to provide 
something of almost exact value or really of exact value to that client to from where whatever jeweler they wish to go to so um that replacement aspect is typically a we like to refer to it as a second buying experience. Um, and uh, it's it's not a like kind and quality. It's really same kind and quality. We want it to be exactly the same or as close to that item as possible. And, uh, and in our case, that's one of the reasons why our satisfaction ratings are so high is people really appreciate that because it is that second buying experience. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, you brought up a really good point. And a lot of people ask, um, how often should they have their jewelry reappraised? So that replacement value that you just mentioned, is that dependent on the value that's on the current appraisal? How, how, do, you, how do you come up with the replacement value? That's a great question. Um, I know our company, for instance, we really encourage folks to look at uh, getting a, a, a an appraisal, another appraisal every two, four, five years, really, mm-hmm. and to see if there's any fluctuation in the value of that, that item. Um, but but uh, most companies uh, hold fast to that. I know Jewelers Mutual. We're all about making sure we get this customer satisfied, and that second buying experience is a really positive one. Um, so they're they're. I, we certainly would encourage people to get updated appraisals, particularly if you have a, for instance, a Rolex. Uh, if you had a Rolex, which we do insure watches, and most jewelry providers do uh, insure watches as well, you that's a great example of something that has appreciated. And uh, so you have to make sure that um, that whatever that value that you've listed on that policy is truly reflective of the value of that item. Right, right. That's another really important thing that I like to impress upon is to make sure that that consumers are working with qualified professionals who have their finger on the pulse of all of these aspects that are so important to the industry, but also to consumers to make sure that their their items are covered for proper replacement values. You know, Brenna, you brought up a great point and you, you talk about um, making sure that you're working with a qualified professional. Um, you know, everybody has a doctor, right? Everybody has a dentist. Some people have car mechanics. Um, um, some people have a, a lawyer or an attorney that they use. That's a, where there's a personal relationship that's being built. We encourage people who love jewelry to have a personal relationship with a jeweler. That doesn't mean you have to buy everything from that jeweler that you see or or that you come across out there, but have a personal relationship with a jeweler. They want to have personal relationships with their clients and they will be your trusted advisor in, in situations like this. Believe me, with uh, as I mentioned, with us working with so many of these throughout North America, um, we know the value that they bring, and we also know the certifications and the accreditations that they they really work hard to earn to be able to provide that wisdom to uh, to their clients. So uh, I encourage everybody to have uh, craft that personal relationship with a with a local jeweler, and uh, that way, if you have questions about the value of something, uh, you can certainly ask. Exactly. No, I completely agree with you, and. Um, Independent jewelers, they you're exactly right. They want to do that. They they crave to guide consumers to the to 
good purchasing and collecting and preservation choices. Absolutely. You know, we do, Brenna, at our website um, at jewelersmutual.com, we have a a jeweler locator um, that uh, people can utilize uh, to see which jewelry stores are around them, which retailers are around them. Um, and uh, it's uh, we have a lot of folks that visit that site daily to get that information. So we'd love to invite your listeners to uh, to check that out. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's great information because it's frustrating to feel lost and vulnerable when you are you have just basic questions and you want to make sure you're working with someone who's who's vetted to a certain degree. Oh, yeah. And, you know, an institution and company like Jewelers Mutual would certainly have that in their best interest to work with jewelers who who have good reputations, who are rated well with all the different, um, you know, the different jewelry board kind of groups. Absolutely. Things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So we talked a little bit about the best way for people to really cover specifically for their jewelry and the different options and um, the schedules, if you will, on, on how the, the jewelry insurance works. Um, what are you seeing in the marketplace as far as, and this is kind of a hot topic with a lot of gemologists and jewelers and it affects everybody within the whole trade. Mm-hmm. Um Natural diamonds and lab-grown diamonds. Where are you seeing the values go as far as stability right now? You know, this is a a big topic. You're exactly right in the industry (laughs) today and uh, certainly within the walls of Jewelers Mutual as well. Our goal really is to provide a a service to uh, all jewelry clients, whether they have a lab-grown diamond or a mine diamond. Uh, whatever type of jewelry they have, they might have a watch, a pendant, whatever. We we insure all jewelry, um, but there's no question that we're seeing a, a, a certainly a trend where the the value of uh, the replacement value of a um, lab grown uh, seems to be less. It has dropped. Um, and I think that's one of those areas where we were talking about before. We want to encourage folks to make sure you get those updated appraisals because that uh, that appraisal of that item, if you did purchase something today, two or three years from now, it may be different. And uh, you certainly don't want to overpay for insurance, just like you don't want to underpay, but you, you want to make sure you're adequately insured for the value of that item. I guess a good analogy would be a, a car, for instance. Um, today, if you bought a $25,000 car and that car is depreciates, um, then, uh, you know, three years from now, it's no longer worth $25,000 to replace that car. It would be, it would be less than that. And, you know, historically, uh, jewelry, uh, we haven't seen that in jewelry. Usually, uh, historically, jewelry has maintained a value. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think now with the, uh, certainly with the, gra- with the introduction of the lab grown, there seems to be some fluctuation out there that's taking Definitely. place and jewelers mutual. We're not, we're not the pros in that area. That's not our job to do, but at the same time, our, our job is to make sure that you're adequately insured. And that's where I think that, uh, I go back to having that trusted advisor, that trusted jeweler, where you can have that conversation with them. Um, I think that that's very meaningful and worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, No, I I agree with you. I think that that's definitely something that like those values have changed. Sometimes you don't see a, a big change for, you know, several months to a year. It seems like monthly, those, those values for the, (laughs) and there's a place for every, um, you know, budget scenario. And that's mostly seems to be the motivation behind lab grown diamonds. I know a lot of people, um, see them as a, you know, a a green or eco-friendly option. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's the motivator, but the important thing is for them to understand Um, that the value is not going to be equal. And as Mm -hmm. long as they understand that I'm, you know, completely fine with, you know, guiding them in any, any certain direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would encourage, you know, um, you know, as we, as you craft that relationship, or if you looked at different jewelers and talked to different jewelers, uh, looking for that, uh, that local jeweler that really fits your needs or that you're able to build a relationship with, you might even ask them about that. If this is something of interest to you mm-hmm. as a consumer, uh, just ask them, simply ask them about it. And, uh, and that way you have varying opinions and you can, and can certainly do your, your, your homework and research on it because there are lots of, uh, there is a debate. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, both sides feel very confident in, in, mm-hmm. in how they feel, which is, which is fine. The fact still remains is in either case, whatever the client chooses, it's still a piece of jewelry that's very meaningful to them. And that that represents something uh, symbolically important to their and to their lives. And, you know, at Jewelers Mutual, we just want to protect that. We want to protect that feeling. And we want them to know that if something were to happen to that piece of jewelry that that uh, represents something so very important in that customer's life, that we'll replace it. We will absolutely replace it and make sure that they're fully satisfied with that replacement and then so. You touched on what really hits home for most people with jewelry. It is part of their life story and it becomes precious. And a lot of items are antiques. They've been handed down through the family. And that kind of reminded me of a good question to ask. It's kind of splitting hairs, but what do you do in the instance when an item is difficult to locate because it's no longer in production anymore, or it was a one of a kind kind of piece. How do you, how do you satisfy a client when something's been stolen or lost in that instance? That's a great question. And that's, that's where that personal uh, personalization of that item is just so important to that client. Um, we do, first of all, companies like George Mitchell, we do insure estate jewelry. And, you know, if, if we lose or if a client loses their great grandmother's ring, you can't replace that ring. There's not another one. And that's the ring. Right. Um, but what we do and what we are, are fully committed to is 
we're going to replace that ring with the same kind of quality and we're going to do our best to either find that or satisfy that client with something new that represents the magic of that piece. And, okay. you know, that's, that's, that's our commitment to the client. And, uh, you know, we handle those types of situations every day, unfortunately, but the mm-hmm. fact that they know that they have something a and B that they can work directly with a jeweler. It's not just about getting a check for their great grandmother's ring that they can work with their jeweler to memorialize that item and try to bring back the symbolism that that item represents. That's meaningful. That's absolutely meaningful. And we've seen that take place time after time after time. And that's one of those things, honestly, for an old insurance guy like me, who's relatively new to the jewelry side of the insurance business, like I said, only eight years. Um, I just love that so much. And that's something at Jewelers Mutual, we take a lot of pride in. We really do. Absolutely. I bet that does bring a lot of joy and satisfaction to be able to provide someone with a close enough replacement or something that will bring them, you know, continued joy to, to wear and pass along, you know, for future heirlooms. Yeah. It's so true. You know, I, I feel, in fact, sometimes I feel like I'm cheating out our claims folks uh, uh, from taking advantage of opportunities like this one, because they're the ones that get to deliver on the promise every day. And, and it's a different experience, I assure you totally different experience than if you had uh, your uh, a car accident or a homeowner's loss or what have you. This experience is, I'm sorry, I really am sorry, but I'm going to make this the best I can for you. And that's really what those guys sit, seek out to do. That's wonderful. Before we wrap up, I want to be able to or have you share some tips with people, what they can do to guard and protect and um you know, ensure that they're they're limiting the risk of loss and theft and what they can do. Um, we talked about the importance of an appraisal and how keeping that up to date is so important so that they are sure to have the most current value. What can you, what kind of advice can you give us for people, you know, in their homes or, you know, just everyday life? What can you recommend to us to, to, do our best to prevent loss. Well, I, I'll certainly uh, provide a few. But one thing I, I do want to start out before I answer this question and say, you know, one of our mottos at Jewelers Mutual is insure it and wear it. Because we know how that jewelry makes you feel. Just insure mm-hmm. it. Just make sure that if something does happen, you can replace that item. So that's the first thing I'd say. But But certainly there are some very expensive pieces out there that people uh, cherish and uh, they want to make sure that they're doing everything they can to protect that item. So certainly things like um, having alarm systems or having a safe in your home, um, those are very, very important. And we really encourage folks to to have those uh, if you have some uh, precious jewelry and other items to uh, to protect. The other thing is you know, some people will, will take their very expensive jewelry and uh, use safety deposit boxes at their, their bank. But you know, that can become somewhat of an inconvenience because you've got it at your bank and uh, you're less likely to wear it. And that's where I encourage folks just to, you know, go ahead and invest in a in a safe for your home and keep it in that mm-hmm. safe. And uh, we do offer some credits 
and discounts for specific items that that are uh, actually in homes with um, uh, with uh, those types of sensors and detectors or indoor safes, any kind of loss prevention types of um, uh, equipment. Um, so, but I would encourage you to you know, to, to make use of those, uh, where, where it makes sense. And, uh, you could certainly call us at Jewelers Mutual or, or again, reach out to jewelersmutual.com and you'll see some specifics there on really something, other things you can do to keep, uh, uh, keep your items safe. The last thing I'll say is, you know, when I talk about, um, uh, insure it or, and wear it, uh, that whole campaign that we have out there, um, I do get claims from time to time from people who have lost a piece of jewelry on while riding a jet ski uh, on vacation. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, OK, what were they doing wearing that hundred thousand dollar item uh, while on uh, the jet ski on vacation there? You know, be, use good judgment is what I'm trying to say. And if something is really means a lot to you. Yeah, I'm so happy you're protected. But use good judgment and try to minimize that risk by maybe taking that jewelry item off before you go and do those types of uh, activities. But that's that's right. always a fun one when I when we see some of these losses are like wow. But uh, that's yeah. that's the cool thing about we do cover um, poor judgment, so <laughs> it, it's not uh, we're, we're not a, we we don't exclude poor judgment uh, from our policy or our coverages. It's truly an all peril policy. But uh, take advantage of those opportunities, please, and use good judgment before you put your uh, you or your jewelry at risk when you can. Okay, good, good. So people don't have to feel bad when they make that call of shame to you. That's <laughs> to make right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, exactly. The common sense things that people may not think about, or it's just kind of a last minute thing, and they forgot, and yeah. it's a. It's a frustrating loss, but nice to know that things are covered. One last question I want to ask. I'm always curious in the case of purchasing something while on a cruise at a jewelry store, and they give one of those sign sheets where they give an appraisal and it's it's what they said the value is going to be in a lot, but a lot of times those those items are incredibly overvaluated and and not realistic. How do you, how do your agents address that? And how, how do you, um, how do you rectify an overinflated value? I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, you know, uh, what I would recommend, certainly we're, when somebody comes to us, we'll say uh, with a $25,000 item, uh, we do ask for an appraisal. Now we will insure a $25,000 item typically with a receipt oftentimes uh, without the appraisal. Um, however, in that claims experience, to make sure that that claims experience is a positive one, we do want to know that that item has been appraised for that $25,000, uh, just mm -hmm. as an example. You know, I would just encourage folks to make sure that wherever they're getting that appraisal from, uh, if they do buy something, for instance, on vacation, um, you know, they might want to bring it back to their local jeweler to get an get an appraisal done a formal appraisal um mm -hmm. just to get a couple of different um 
um, opinions from accredited appraisals, appraisers. And Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, that's, that's a a great habit to get into is just make sure that you've got a couple different uh, views on, uh, on that piece of jewelry. But, uh, the fact remains is if, if you've requested coverage up to a certain amount, in most cases, 99% of the time, because it's a replacement policy, we're going to make sure that you get exactly what you what you have or something uh, with that same kind and quality uh, that you have. Okay, perfect. Well, um, you mentioned a couple of times if people can find you at um, or can reach out to Jewelers Mutual. And your website is fantastic. It's very user-friendly. It has a great blog site with a lot of great informational tips. And um, so I highly recommend that if you're listening, go check out Jeweler Mutual's website. Where, what else can we know about reaching out to you? Sure, sure. Yeah, jewelersmutual.com is the best place to go. And uh, uh, Jewelers Mutual, we're just always looking at uh, various innovative ways to try to Bring, bring people closer together, really uh, understand the value of, of jewelry and and really, uh, you know, just uh, kind of give everyone the confidence that they need to make sure that their jewelry is protected. Okay, great. You know, I would, I would encourage you, if you have any follow-up questions or any of your listeners do, uh, certainly reach out to me, Brennan, and I'll be happy to, uh, to respond to them individually or respond to you, and you can share it with your listeners. Great, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mark. I really appreciate it. I really hope you enjoyed my visit with Mark Devereaux. He was a delight and so informative and welcoming, easy to talk to, and definitely made the topic of jewelry insurance a lot more understandable. So I hope you have some takeaways from that. And also just some really important reminders to get your jewelry insured. If anything, the best thing you could do is to document it with descriptions. Any kind of receipts you have, make sure you hang on to the receipts because that has valuable information about stone sizes and weights that are sometimes difficult to access once they're set into jewelry. The next podcast I do, I'll talk a little bit more about what you can do before you have your jewelry insured. So until next time, this is Brenna Pakes, the Jewelry Navigator, signing off for now. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.